Facebook Live and you that are gathered here, greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. First thing we want to do is pray. Let's everybody pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a God that reveals secrets. We need your revelation, Lord. We don't want to be like Israel who did not know the times of your visitation. We want to be alert and aware of your, what your word says about your soon return. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus and we thank you for it. For you are our light and our guide and we look to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, tonight we are going to talk about the seven seals, trumps, and vials. And I'm going to endeavor to prove that they are different time periods, not seven years like a lot of people think. And these, of course, are events that take place in our world. Uh, and you have to understand that Revelations is not in order. It's parenthetical. Um, for example, we look at the first part of Revelations and it's talking about the, the churches and it goes on and talks about some other things. And then we get to the 12th chapter and the 12th chapter chapter talks about the birth of Jesus Christ and Herod trying to kill him and and then it jumps and talks about the end time so it's kind of all over the place so you have to understand that before we get started let's go over the past lessons and for those who who have not seen the former lessons I would suggest that you go back on our webpage and look at the former lessons, that'll help you understand this better, because this lesson is pretty deep. Uh, so in our previous lesson, I have presented that the four beasts of Daniel, the lion with eagle's wings, the bear, the four-headed leopard, and the ten-horned beast, according to Daniel 7 and verses 17 and 23, represent the leader and its nation. And Daniel 7 and 12 shows us that these nations will exist when Jesus returns. When we look at Revelations 13.2, we see these four beasts minus the eagle with all seven heads and ten horns as one beast, united into one beast, united into one beast, one nation. This is the beast, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, who is empowered by Satan himself, Revelations 13, 2. Like Daniel, the beasts that are in Daniel, this is not only representing a leader, but it's representing a nation. So we have the United Nations. We find the eagle helping Israel in Revelations 12, and I pointed out historically that we have vetoed many of the rulings against Israel that the UN has proposed. I pointed out that the lion has been Great Britain's national symbol long before America 
adopted the eagle and we came out of the back of Great Britain in July 4th, 1776. Then there is the bear depicted in countless periodicals as Russia. And I asked the question, what are the odds that these three prominent nations would be represented with the correct emblem, America coming out of the back of Great Britain, and these three being permanent council members to the United Nations? I calculated conservatively that it would be like a billion pallets in a warehouse with each pallet containing a billion one dollar bills and one of them pallets and one of those stacks of bills I've got my initials marked on them and you've got to go in there with one chance and find it. And that's conservatively. I then presented my views on China being the four-headed leopard replacing Germany, and finally France, the creator of the EU, the EU being the ten-horned beast, which concludes the five permanent members to the United Nations, the heads of the UN, the head of the United Nations, the beast that their veto power turns this thing wherever they veto or agree with. We also talked about the differing views. In Daniel 12 and 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then there is Daniel 12 and 9. Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And because of that, I conclude that understanding the end times will not happen until the end. And those before us were looking into something that was closed to them. The result being that we are closer to understanding than all of our predecessors. Here are only a few of the various views of end times. Time periods, denominations and peoples that were shaped by different circumstances that produce these views. I pointed out that Satan has influenced Herod in Revelations 12, to fulfill his will, that Herod has control, was, was controlled by the Antichrist spirit, just as others before, like King Tyrus in Ezekiel 28 and 12, who was an actual man, but was influenced by the anointed cherub that was in the Garden of Eden, the same dragon, the same serpent of Revelations 12 and 13. And like Antiochus Epiphanes and Hitler and more that have been controlled by Satan to bring about his will. Satan has desired to complete his goals in making of the man of sin. So what seemed to be fulfillment 
of Scripture was really Satan just using a vessel and God saying, it's not time. And Satan having to scrap that and start all over again and groom another guy. And so we have 1 John 2 and 18, little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. These two things shatter most of the historical views that are behind me. All these views, for the most part, are because of something seen differently in one or more of these five views. We talked about the uncanny resemblance of the millennial 1,000 years to a Sabbath. For the lion and the lamb are going to lay down together and nothing's going to hurt nor harm on God's holy hell. And if it is a Sabbath of rest, then the time is here for it to happen. Because 4,000 BC is when Adam and Eve were put on the earth and here we are, 2000 AD. Did the fifth increment of 1,000 start with Jesus' birth? His death? Or maybe the beginning of the church? We talked about the last seven years the only verse to my knowledge that speaks of end times and seven years is Daniel 9.27. This time we're going to read it in the message. It says, Then for one seven he will forge many and strong alliances, but halfway through the seven he will banish worship and prayers, and the place of worship, a desecrating obscenity, will be set up and remain until finally the desecrator himself is decisively destroyed. I pointed out that it also speaks of but halfway through the seven or three and a half years or in the midst of the week like King James words it. Along with time, times, and the dividing of times, three and a half. Forty-two months, three and a half. One thousand two hundred and sixty days, Three and a half years. In six different places. All three and a half years. I pointed out that the man of sin will be a globalist that controls our money so that the world will look to him and his government for their needs. He will change times and laws, kill children like Herod and Pharaoh, and does not regard human life. He removes God's word, he corrupts God's word, he speaks against God, and he's an orator. He corrupts with flatteries. For three and a half years, he promotes peace, his peace. The man of sin will come out of the ten-horned beast, the EU, the European Union, and will not regard any God, but declares he is God. He will have a religious community that supports him, the whore of Babylon and the false prophet, the priestly king. And in his end, he will turn to destroy Israel. And then there are other conditions shaping our world. Look at the group of people that want to control people's consumption of meat. 
The scripture says in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 3, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, then in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 3, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Our world is full of examples that the Lord's soon return is here. Let's look at the seven seals, the trumpets, and the vials. But first we're going to look at the vials. Revelation 16, 1 through 21. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And at and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped the image of the beast. So verse 1 lets us know it's God's wrath, and we need to remember that. It's important. And verse 2 reveals that this takes place after the beast's mark and the image has been set up. So we're looking at at least three and a half years into the seven-year period. So vials definitely are not in, the, in seven years, but they are at the end of the seven years. The first vial, noisome and grievous. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as blood of dead man and every living soul died in the sea and the third angel poured out his vial on the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood and I heard the angel of the waters say thou art righteous O Lord which art and wast and shalt be and skipping to the eighth verse and the fourth angel poured his vial upon the sun and power was given unto him to scorch, scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over the plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom, his nation, was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that they, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So we're talking about the wrath of God. At three and a half years into it. And then we come to verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So for those of you who want to believe that the rapture is 
I don't know. That to me looks like it's saying we're going to be here until the end almost. Verse 16, And he gathered them together into the place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and a And there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth. So many an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So Babylon, the religious system, is judged at the very end. The seventh file. So let's take a quick overview of the seals and the trumpets. When you look at the seals, you see first a conquering, then second, a killing of one another and taking peace, then third, trade, fourth, kill with a sword, hunger and death, then fifth, the souls cry out for judgment. Then we come to verse 12, the sixth seal. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell up unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every noble man, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall us, fall on us, and hide us. This is the first time they want to be hid. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? The seventh seal is silence in heaven. So out of the seals, the sixth seal, is the first time God's wrath is mentioned. And note, it says of the sixth seal, the great day of his wrath is come. When you look at the trumpets, you see first hail, fire, and third part of the trees and grass burn up. Second, you see a great mountain burning. Third part of the sea creatures, ships are destroyed. And the third, you see a great star fall from heaven and uh, the rivers are contaminated. And the name of the star is Wormwood and men die because of the waters. And the fourth, the sun, the moon, stars are darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it in the night. And then there's a woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And then the fifth, 
The smoke of a furnace and the sun and the air are darkened by a king abandoned and Apollyon, which means um, destroyer. And the six, four bound angels at Euphrates and an army of a hundred thousand thousand. And then we come to verse 15. The seventh trump. Revelations 11, 15. And the seventh angel sounded. And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. So out of all the trumpets, this is the first time God's wrath is mentioned. You can look in your concordance and you can look up God's wrath and you will find what I'm telling you. It's simple. And thy wrath is come. As if to say, it's just started. Because of this, I believe all seven vials and just the sixth seal and just the seventh trumpet are the description of the same event, God's wrath. We know Satan, knowing his time is short, is going to pour out his wrath. Now let's take a closer look at the seals. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, a noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. I think I have established why I believe the vials are not running at the same time all the seals and trumpets are running. But let's consider this idea a little further. I believe that the seals started a long time ago. And the trumpets started a little while ago. And here we have one sitting on a white horse. What could this be? So we go over to Zechariah and we see the same description of horses and chariots. Four horses, red, black, white, and grizzled and bay. Zechariah 6, 5 and 8 says this, And the angel answered and said unto me, there are the, These are the four spirits of heaven, of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses, which are therein, go forth into the north country, 
and the white go forth after them, and the grizzled go forth toward the south country. Now, comparing that with another verse of scripture in Daniel 7, which we should be familiar with if we've been watching this in times past, Daniel 2 says, or 7 and 2 says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in the night vision, or in my vision by night, and behold the four winds, and the Hebrew for wind is also the Hebrew for spirit. So it could be translated wind or spirit. Of the heavens, so the spirit of the heavens, spirits of the heavens, strove upon the great sea. Of course, Revelation 17 says, the sea is peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And this is what was produced because of it. Verse 2, which we've talked about, or verse 3, which we've talked about in our past lessons. And the four great beasts came up out of the sea, diverse one from another. And of course, these are the beasts that we talked about, the lion with the eagle's wings, the bear, the four-headed leopard, and the ten-horned beast. And of course, we've seen that this is, in Revelations, the united four beasts come into one beast with the body of a leopard, the head of a, 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 oh goodness, the mouth of a lion, the body of a leopard, the feet of the bear, and seven heads and ten horns, which represent all those beasts that were described in Daniel. And so it's the United Nations. So according to Daniel and Zechariah, these spirits produce the nations that exist on the earth that bring about these beasts. Everybody with me so far? Zechariah goes on in the seventh verse, and the bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, get you hands, walk to and fro through the earth. So it's widespread. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then cried he upon, upon me and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. So the black horse and the white horse have quieted God's spirit. His response. He has permitted them to continue. The New Living Translation says it this way, vented the anger of my spirit. These two spirits have vented God's anger. Okay, so going back, the white horse. He that sat on him had a bow, a crown was given him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So he has a bow, but no arrows. And he's in the midst of conquering. He's conquered, but he's got more to conquer. Is there a spirit in our world that's shaping the nations of our world that has done it without a bow and arrow? 
Paul said in Acts 20, 29, and 31, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn you night and day with tears. Paul was really adamant about this. He knew there was coming a time when false doctrine was going to be preached. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 and 3, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Okay, so this is talking about the Lord's coming and our gathering to him. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I believe the falling away has happened. That Paul and others warned the church it would happen. And that this is the New Testament church being taken away captivity into captivity by the spiritual Babylon. And now we are in the latter reign of Hosea, Joel, and James. For those of you who know your Bible, look back and consider. Moses looks up, sees this vision, and says, I've got to build this according to the pattern shown me. And he builds the, the tent in the wilderness. 500 years later, David looks out his castle and sees the tent and says, God, I've got to build you a house. And God says, David, you can't do it. Your son can't. So Solomon gets it all built and he gets 120 priests together. And they're as one to make one sound to be heard. And the glory of the Lord fills the house. Solomon gets on his knees and he prays and fire consumes the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord fills the house. Time passes. Babylon comes in and besieges them, take them takes them away. And Joel had prophesied... There's, there's a Garden of Eden before this, these locusts and canker worms and palmer worms, this great army that's coming, but after it, it's desolate. But there's revival. There's going to be a former and a latter rain. I'm going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar. And then there's David's son, Jesus, who said, I will build my church, the real temple. In Acts 1, there's 120 in the upper room. They're in one mind and one accord. And a rushing mighty wind, Numa, spirit, fills the room. And fire sits upon the real sacrifice. We are a holy living sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord fills the real temple. And then... Paul says, hey, there's a time coming. After I die, grievous wolves are coming in, not spare the flock. Babylon takes, spiritual Babylon, takes us away into captivity. And the truths that we have, that we possess, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the works of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, departed until 1900s. Early 1900s, revival comes back, restoration comes back. And it's a wonder, Peter is preaching in Acts, the second chapter, and what is he preaching out of? The book of Joel. 
And James talks about a former and latter rain, just like Hosea did, just like Joel did. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together, together again, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. I believe that falling away has taken place. So the foundation that was destroyed has been built back up. Jeremiah C. Harrington and John A. Ryan published a book entitled Catholicism, Capitalism, and Communism. He recognized that these isms control our world. Verse 3, And when he had opened up the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The spirits that strove brought about another condition that influenced the nations. Communism. The red horse. Hitler killed 11 million. Stalin killed 20 million. Through executions, gulags, forced resettlement, and deportation. Mao Zedong killed 40 to 80 million. Through starvation, persecution, prison labor, and mass executions. Most of these were their own people because they did not submit to the government, the, their beast. The red horse, the spirit that takes peace and caused killing of one another, the rider was given a great sword. Verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and lo, the black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Remember, this spirit, the black horse, along with the white horse, have quieted God's spirit. New American Standard says it this way, The north have appeased my wrath in the land of the north. pair of balances used with weights and measures for the purpose of buying and selling. A measure of wheat for a penny, the Greek denarius, a day's wages. Three measures of barley for a penny, the price for the buyer and the price for the seller. See thou hurt not the oil and the wine, commodities that are more important. This is a description of capitalism. And the capitalists want to keep it in the black. Remember, these spirits that strive produce the beasts that rise up out of the seas. Or these spirits produce the nations that rise up out of the waters that are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Verse 7, And when he had opened up the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, the pale horse and his name that sat 
on him was death and hell followed him and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Pale horse, what spirit could that be? Now actually, this is green. The uh, translators, when they came to green, they never heard of a green horse, so they thought, well, let's do the best we can and we'll make it pale. Uh, but the Greek word is actually used for green grass and green things. So New Living Translation says pale green, whereas the King James says what it says. So his name is death and hell follows him. Controlled one-fourth part of the world. What ideology controls one part, one-fourth part of the world today? To kill with a sword, hunger, death, and peace. Well, I googled this past Saturday, November 12, 2022, in case this goes on, <laughs> stays on here for a long time. The world's population, 7.999 billion people. And then I googled the Muslim population, 1.98. That is one-fourth of the world's population. An ideology, a spirit that is definitely influencing our world. And is walking to and fro through the earth, influencing people all over. And a people that wars among themselves in our world. Verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long? O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants, also their brethren, that they should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. The fifth seal shows us that God's wrath has not yet been poured out. How long, O Lord, holy and true, before you judge and avenge those on the earth? Rest a little season. There is more of the, thy fellow servants and brothers that need to be murdered by those on the earth until the earth's cup is full of their violence and hate. Then, the sixth seal, which we've already discussed, the first time God's wrath is mentioned, it has come. And then Revelations 8 and 1, And when he had opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. So this seal takes place in heaven, and it is silence after God's wrath. Now let's look at the trumpets. In lesson one, we talked about the deaths that started 
at the end of the 19th century and continued to escalate in the 20th century that produced the one-worlders, the globalists, the United Nations. In 1861 to 65, the Civil War took place and it killed 620,000 people perished. Fifty years later, 1914 to 1918, World War I, the Great War, eight million perished, 13 times that of the Civil War. Twenty years later, World War II, 52 million, 83 times that of the Civil War. Then the socialist movements of China and Russia, at least another 60 million were murdered. Do you think God's word would have something to say about this? Revelations 8 and 7. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. The Germans and the Russians used what is known as scorched earth policy and burn some to all things in their wake during World War I. Was the Apostle John describing bombs and bullets when he said, hail and fire mingled with blood? You might question that, but let's look at the second trump. Verse 8, and the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood, and a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now Hiroshima and Nagasaki, how would they have looked to John? You would not be hard-pressed to see a mountain burning with fire that was cast into the sea. Then there is one-third part of the ships. And according to Brother Baxter's research team, there were 36,367 ships destroyed during World War II. Out of 105,127 ships, one-third of the ships. And then... 52 million perished. 83 times that of civil war. And don't forget the 60 million. And if you're having a hard time, well, let's look at the next one. The third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because the waters were made bitter. The Ukrainian word for Wormwood is Chernobyl. New York Times article, July 26, 1986. Both the Russian and the Ukrainian word for Chernobyl means black weed and is a member of the Wormwood family, the bitter wild herb. 
The Chernobyl disaster was a nuclear accident that occurred April 26, 1986, in the north of Ukraine in the Soviet Union, before it had split off. The cost, an estimated $68 billion in 2019. The two million pound concrete lid was sent into the sky and came down cocked leaving the atmosphere exposed to the second explosion and a full nuclear fire. The second explosion sent a nuclear cloud a mile high where the wind took it over Sweden, Italy, Germany, and Great Britain and rain at the same time. Immediately, it began to rain. In some places, four days, in others, five. It rained at the same time, or, excuse me, I read that, said all there, bringing the nuclei, Celsium-137, down on plant, animal, and human alike. With the half-life of 30 years, it will cause cancer or possible other conditions until 2025. And mind you, some of the radiation even got to the east coast of the United States. People's digest in the eating of plant and animal and in the drinking of water, besides the exposure of the fallout, could have that living in them, waiting. Fire trucks that were sent there had to be buried. The bulldozers that buried them had to be buried. It produced 10 times that of Hiroshima, the radiation. In 1995, Brother Baxter was working on his magazine and in the midst of all the pressure, he had a prompting in his mind to research the Chernobyl rumor that he had heard. He tried to push it aside, claiming he was too busy to research it. And then he heard in his mind, you won't have to, call the library and they will do it for you. Feeling it was the Lord, he called the library and told the woman what he needed to research the word Chernobyl and the connection to the word Wormwood. And she went into great detail explaining that they are connected. And turns out she was getting her doctorate and studying the Russian language. She copied a page from the dictionary of the Russian language, and I'm quoting, Chernobyl link, a variety of absinthe, in parentheses, wormwood, with a red-brown, deep purple stem. Plus she got many other uh, researches and page numbers and passed them to him. And on another day, he went to the library and he passed the video area and he asked on a lark, the attendant, if they had any videos on Chernobyl. And she handed him one that was not produced by a religious organization. It was not produced by an end time or a prophecy ministry, but it was produced by humanities. And the name of it was Chernobyl, the bitter taste of wormwood. 
wormwood. Men died of the waters because they were made bitter. A lot of folks have died as a result of this catastrophe and are yet to die because of it. The fourth angel sounded. The third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars, so that the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now, Matthew 24 says something similar. Verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So, is it shortened the number of days? Or is the length of the day shortened? Daniel 12 and 11. And from that time... The daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. So that appears that the days aren't going to be shortened. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. So therefore, it must be the day that is actually shortened. Einstein's theory of relativity states that time and speed are relative to one another. So if time is slowed down, speed is going to be slowed down. And so I don't think we'd be able to discern if that happened or not. And I believe it has happened because of the fifth trump. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven upon the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as a smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. In 1990 to 1991, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait for their oil. And Bush goes to the UN and the United Nations comes against Saddam Hussein. Remember this in Revelations 13 and 4? And they worship the beast, talking about the Antichrist, the man of sin, and the nation, saying, who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? Saddam sets the oil fields on fire, which produces intense heat, and the smoke blocked the sun for the space of three months. The sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Skipping to verse 9. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. 
And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is abdomen, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Again, abandon is the Hebrew word for destroyer, and Apollyon the Greek word for destroyer. In the German Tribune, March 10, 1991, a reporter reported on this, and he called Saddam, Saddam the Destroyer. In 1997, the Jerusalem Post had an article about the last Jewish family leaving Baghdad, in which Saddam's mother's difficult pregnancy was described by one of the Jews that had fled. Evidently, after she was told to abort the child, she went to the better Jewish doctors where she gave birth. She said she would name him Saddam because he almost destroyed her. For the word Saddam means destroyer. Locusts? Helicopters? If you were to describe a helicopter, that would be a good description. The rest sure fits. The sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels which were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day, and a month and a year to slay the third part of men, and the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. So, the Euphrates River, a two hundred million man army. The Euphrates River is surrounded by one hundred percent. Islamic territory. Islam could produce a 200 million man army. Now, that is today. China boasted of a 200 million man army during the reign of Mao Zedong. And remember, woe, woe, woe. And we had Saddam Hussein, and now we have this. Because of that, I feel it's the Muslims. There are probably the 200 million man army. Again, the first time amongst the seals that God's wrath is brought up is the sixth seal, Revelation 6, 12 and 17. And I beheld when he had opened up the sixth seal, verse 17, for the great day of his wrath is come. The first time wrath is mentioned with the trumpets, the seventh Trumpet. Revelations 11, 15, and 18, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven, skipping to verse 18, and thy wrath is come. The vials of chapter 15 and chapter 16, chapter 16, verse 1, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God. The seals, the trumpets, the vials.
So Revelations 11, 15, and 18. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Verse 18. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. So, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus, for it's through his name, whosoever believeth in him. Acts 10.43, John 20.31, and Acts 2.38. In believing and repenting and water, you need all of it. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, your children, and all that are far off. If you don't have it, get it. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, and that is it for tonight. And we made it just in time. <laughs> <laughs>